little dogs. Welcome to the dog house. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's season three, episode 19, chapter 54, Fear the Reaper. When Jellybean goes missing, Jughead, Gladys, and FP follow a series of cryptic clues to get her home. <sighs> okay, so I watched it the second time. Mm-hmm. This episode kind of sucks. Really? Yeah. I don't think it sucks. I think it's, it's nutso. It's mlech. I don't feel mleh, but I do feel like, well, where the fuck are you going? But, okay, more questions. I did raise more questions when I watched it the second time. I did as well. Okay, so I like that. I like This is a really good time in the season to be asking questions. It's a big old curveball on some stuff. Sure, and that's fine. But yeah, we should be asking a lot of questions. And just, you know, in, in my reservations about the show and its history, are they going to answer those questions no no they're not no they're no not. no that's fine all right it's time to recap that recap alice and edgar have an understanding tony's infiltrated the farm randy ronson juiced mad dog brought archie drugs archie knocked ronson cold gladys took over the drug game and she's hiding it from fp and the gargoyles kidnap jelly bean so we we just continue right from the last episode with fp and jughead busting into the house they're trying to find Jellybean, they can't find her, but they see uh, an invitation. I invite you to play a round of Griffin and Gargoyles. The outcome will determine Princess Jellybean's fate. And like, they're both just like, ugh, this is horrible. Gladys walks in. She's like, where's JB? And they're like, okay, she was taken. Yeah, but the Gargoyle King and his loyal servant, Kurtz. Jughead just kind of hands her the note like this smug asshole, which I kind of love. He's exhausted, too. He's exhausted and he's freaked out because he loves his sister. Oh, yeah. And Gladys go, is like, we got to find that son of a bitch. And FP's just like, find him. He's in my back of my cruiser. Fuck yeah, FP. And when they go to get him, Gladys goes into panic mode. Uh-huh. Fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. So we interrupt that shit show <laughs> to go to the hospital and wait around for what we know to be the fact that randy's dead yeah uh yeah dr patel comes out he tells elio he's talking to clearly the family um and, you know and as dr patel is leaving archie gets up and is just like hey there's something you should know randy was juicing elio just gets all defensive archie says you know yeah it was you who gave it to him and you know this is good on archie for telling the doctor like he probably should have told him before but he was already dead so what's she gonna do you know, Elio denies, like, uh, whatever Randy put into his body, unbeknownst to me, is not my responsibility. <laughs> oh, okay. Go fuck yourself, Elio. I love Veronica's response of manager of the year right here. Yeah. Elio's like, you know, you better lawyer up, which is just great, because hi, Mary Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know she's coming back. It's not, not a surprise. No. We go back to the Jones house, and Gladys is punching the shit out of Kurt. She is mama bear. Yeah, that's fair. Like, if there's one thing that Gladys has cared about through and through from what we've seen is Jellybean, mm -hmm. which sucks for Jughead, but, you know, he's fine. So, like, they're trying to get him to talk, and they're just like, okay, no, we, you're going to have to play. The Jones is going to the kitchen, and Jughead's like, you know, I've played this game enough to know that guys like Kurtz are completely devoted to the Gargoyle King and his rules. Giant eye roll here. I mean, it's but it's just, true, it's though. It's true, but the language they're using here is just like, really? The way they wrote it is it's, bad. It's, it's bad dialogue. So they said, we're going to play, of course. So they have to get their avatars. So Mr. Jones will be Deadeye, just like in high school, which is cute and perfect. Jughead remains the Hellcaster, and Jughead is wearing rings. He has three rings on. He's he, a serpent king. He went from zero to three. That's just too many. I don't know. It's just too many in one go. I don't know. It's it's weird, and I found it very distracting because all of a sudden there were three. If there had just been one, I'd be like, okay, you got a ring. Okay, whatever, cool. Just trying something. But he went. It, it just happened so fast. Could play into your mix and match editing series. Maybe. It'll be interesting this, to see if it's consistent in the next few episodes. And then, of course, Mrs. Jones is the alchemist. Ah! Love it. Deadeye, you're up first, and FB goes to roll. We cut over to the Andrews home, and we get a Fred scene, and he's just r reminding Archie, the autopsy is going to prove that Randy had drugs in his system, and you're innocent, and Archie's saying, I'm not dead. I knew. I knew Randy was juicing. I could have stopped the fight, but I didn't want to forfeit. 
He's pulling a Rocky Four here. A, a little, yeah, yeah, he is <laughs> a lot. Which you know, I'm I'm fine with those parallels. We love the Rocky series. Again, we covered those on our Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What podcast. And Archie's just like, I'm. He's never getting in the ring again. And Fred makes a sad face. Yep, he makes his concerned father face. Mm-hmm. We head on over to the nightclub, and we've got Veronica and Betty sitting down with Hiram. We haven't seen him in an episode or so. And Betty's got a favor to ask Hiram. Her dad is in a is two hours away in a windowless cell, and apparently there are some really nice views from the rooms in the <laughs> at his prison. This is so stupid. I don't understand this scene in any fucking form or fashion. You know, these are the ones that are that feel a little Frankenstein. Like, why would Betty go along with this? Why does Betty want any risk of her dad escaping? Being closer. Well, she, I, I could buy a little bit that Betty did not anticipate her father trying to escape. I, I could see her being like, well, I thought he just wanted to be closer so we can all visit him more. But why do you want to visit him like that? Be- he's the only family she has now. Uh... She, he is. And for as crazy as he is, he's actually talking sane to her. My problem is that Mm -hmm. you didn't show us that. At no point have they on screen established a more close connection between the two. It's still very Clarice and Hannibal. And Mm -hmm. I need you to show me somehow that Betty is starting to turn and care for him a little bit. No, well, this is this is where that is. So, yeah, the the waterfront rooms. So, <laughs> like it's a fucking hotel. I exactly like that. And so, Veronica is just like, you know, since you own the place, we thought you might be able to help and think of all the publicity. And Hiram says, I, I'll see what I can do. All right. Hiram's being extra creepy. We cut to Archie getting woken up by his cell phone. And we cut, you know, we're cutting back and forth. Mad Dog is calling him. He's like, hey, what'd you do with the drugs? They're in the locker at the gym. Uh, why? Oh, sweet, innocent Archie. <laughs> apparently there was a raid at Elio's gym. They had a warrant. They did a full sweep. They didn't find find anything, but they're coming to El Royale next. So we immediately cut to these idiot, idiot boys grabbing <laughs> the drugs and, and, and going for the door instead of immediately going to the toilet to flush them. Yeah. You flush the drugs and the baggie they came with. Just do it. But no. So they get caught by the police who bust in. We go back to the Jones's house and it's time for their first challenge. It's called Cards on the Table. Nail, meat, head. Yeah, okay. This is, again, a massive eye roll for me, but I'm glad they got to this so quickly because we knew it had to come out. It needed to come out in this situation. So I'm glad we didn't mess around with it. Oh, the first time around, I was just relieved. I was like, thank the fucking yes. Lord. I'm glad this is, I'm glad, I'm, I'm just glad they did this quickly because we didn't need it to go on any further. Yes. Gladys tries to say, you know, I don't have any secrets. And Jughead just goes, mom, Jellybean's life is on the line. If you don't say something, I will. If he starts to get a little curious, I'm the new Fizzle Rocks dealer in Riverdale. And FP loses his fucking shit. Yeah. And they're just kind of yelling at each other. Gladys tries to defend Jughead for not telling FP. And what I love what happens here is Kurtz. He is relishing the discourse between this family. Oh, of course. He loves this. And that is really hard for an actor to do. And he is wonderful. I actually looked him up because I didn't know who he was. His name is Jonathan Whitesill. He was in The 100, mm. and he's been doing a couple other things. But again, I know we've talked about we didn't really love his introduction, but he's been really great as a weird foil mirror to Jughead. Let's start some speculation here. Mm-hmm. Why is the Gargoyle King targeting the Jones family? <laughs> I, I would, but just yep. plant a seed here and yep. let's get into that in a little bit, because yep. that's going to inform some things, I feel like. Perhaps, perhaps. FP's pissed. He's just like, I've heard enough. When we finish this damn game and we get Jellybean back safe and sound, there's going to be a reckoning. Riverdale. Fuck yeah, there's going to be reckoning FP. I love that Gladys is just like, yeah, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm in trouble. Oh, like, she, she recognizes mm-hmm. though. She's like, uh-uh, no, I don't care. Whatever we got to do to save my daughter. 
So we come back from a break and Josie's in the music room at school. She's calling her dad. Apparently he's doing a gig nearby and she wants to grab dinner with him beforehand. Now, we haven't seen her dad since season one. Yeah, it's been a while and it was not great. So we go over to the blue and gold and Tony is giving Betty the lowdown on what's going on. Alice and Edgar are getting married. Well, yeah, nope, we nope. figured that out. Okay, we, yeah, I guess that's set in stone. I mean, they hinted at it, but they, they didn't actually there, say it. Well, they hinted that there was a relationship happening, but we didn't know what like the real arrangement was. Like, oh, they're getting married. Great. But Tony tells her there's something else that Betty needs to know. After the big wedding, Edgar's planning to adopt Juniper and Dagwood. What the fuck? <laughs> how, how does this work? Like... Polly's alive. Those Polly's are... in the cult. Okay, but why would he be adopting these two children that are the grandchildren of his supposed new wife? That makes no sense. It's a fucking cult. I, I, I've learned that. <laughs> Clearly. Polly's going to relinquish her parental rights and he's going to adopt them. I mean, legally, you could do I, it. No, I know it's totally possible, but just like, why would Polly agree to this? Here's the question. Yeah. Why? Why do the writers not understand enough about cults that it really doesn't matter if he adopts them? I mean, define adopt, though. Perhaps what they mean by adopt is just that, you know, now that they're all part of the cult, he's going to be responsible for rearing the children. So maybe that's where they're going. But again, write that. Write that. Don't be intentionally obtuse because you're just confusing us. You're not making anything better. Yeah. We go to the jail and we see Ronnie bailing out Mad Dog and Archie. You know, they're being thankful and they're like, uh, we got bigger issues. So they, they're at Pops and they're watching TV and Elio tells Alice, who of course is the interviewer, that the autopsy revealed that he was taking performance enhancing drugs provided by his competitor, Archie Andrews. Eh, it's a spin machine. They're upset so Archie's just like, he's sending me up to take the fall. And he's like, am I screwed with me in your corner? Never. Uh, Which is gross. But I do love this. I'm going to dog walk that lying cad. We need to play defense. First, drink up, boys. And she puts two giant glasses of water in front of them. And at first it was like, what? And then, of course, they cut back to they're with Dr. Patel. And Archie comes out of the bathroom. Saying, well, this is humiliating. And Mad Dog is putting his own, clearly, a urine sample in a bag. He's like, clearly, you've never been on parole. <laughs> so, okay. It's, it's the one human moment we've gotten from Mad Dog. It's, it's a human moment. And also, like, this is smart. Could, this is a smart plan. Could he have been funny this whole time? I and we God, just didn't do it? I so. Ugh. And then we cut to another press conference, this time in front of Pops, with... Veronica saying, okay, and these test results clearly show that Archie Andrews and Mad Dog Moore, it was negative. They were not taking drugs. And she's, you know, talking about the investigation into his death. And then all of a sudden, he murdered her brother. And it's his family there yelling at Archie. And Archie being Archie's just like, oh, you know, no, I wish it were me and not him. And Slap. Slap across the face and Alice is there filming going, did you get that? <laughs> oh, Alice being Alice. That's a nice little moment of Alice-ness. She's coming back here eventually. Oh, she's, she's not gone. She's just, you know, and yeah, she slaps him and then Elio escorts them away. We cut to Betty standing in line at school, you know, with some other kids and a teacher walks by and, and runs into Evelyn. Evelyn, have you received your meningitis vaccination? And Evelyn's like, oh, the farm doesn't believe in putting foreign substances into our bodies, which isn't keeping with the lines we've heard from them before. But she says, you can check my file. My father wrote Mr. Weatherby a letter opting me out of all elective medical procedures. And Betty hears this, but she doesn't do anything. And Evelyn looks directly at Betty, who is just whose back is turned to her. And Evelyn goes on her way. And then we cut the camera around to Betty and Betty goes. Check my file. I think I just might, which I love. It's very sinister, like mustache twirly from Betty. And I, I always think it's fun when she does that. What's up, Betty Drew? Hello, Betty Drew. Thunderstorm at night with her trusty bobby pin from her hair to open the lock. <laughs> They're keeping that. It's very cute. Every time. Do you have a bobby pin? Always. Great. It's perfect. 
So she goes in the office. She gets the file. She starts taking pictures of him. She goes, transferred from Josh St. Joseph Prep. Hmm. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 We cut back to the Joneses' house. You've reached your next quest. You have to steal some treasure from the realm. And Jughead instantly just puts his head in his hands. Like, we got to do a robbery. All right. And FP's like, I'm the sheriff. Not tonight. You're dead eye. Your target is the tavern. Uh, That has to be Pops because everything's a parallel to Riverdale, Mm -hmm. which I do like that. It's older fair. I think it's fun. I I do enjoy that. It's again, that's a very comic booky thing. I'm into it. All right. So... They're like, no, we can't do this. And Kurt says, consider it Jellybean's ransom. And the money you obtain is going to get me out of town. And he's like, if I die, so does Jellybean. But if I leave with the money, then she lives. And we all win. Why does he want to leave? If he is a, he wants to get out of town. Mm, Yeah, that would indicate somebody's after him. Something is up. So he was a gargoyle and he was a devotee of that. And then he was the cook. And then we know he was like trying to get people to buy more drugs. He was pushing more drugs. Yeah, they hinted he's getting desperate. And it was like, desperate for what? And it sounds like he's trying to sell off the everything last of that his he's, stash. yeah, everything that he's cooked so he can leave. But why? It's why? a good question. Exactly. It's a really good question. I'm good with the questions. So, okay, so it's still, Thunder's, you know, still roaring. And Archie shows up completely drenched. Oh, my God. At Veronica's doorstep. And he's just, he can't stop thinking about Randy and his family. And Veronica reassures him that this is on Elio, not you. But maybe we can host a charity boxing event, raise money. And Archie's like, no, no boxing. And Veronica's like, okay, fine. Maybe a benefit concert. Josie's been wanting to do a set. I'll talk to her, okay? And Archie's like, okay, yeah. And he goes, and I know that the scene is like setting up their relationship, but what I do like about this is he is really concerned and he's turning to his friend Veronica for help to deal with the situation and his feelings, which we never saw when they were actually in a relationship together. We didn't see the feelings part. Yeah. So I do like that happening. It's a little, little more mature. Better keep that going if they get them back together. I, I think they do a little bit more in the episode. Also, where's Hermione? Who knows? She's dead? Is also, she... another good question. Thank you. I'm good with the questions. All right. We cut back to the blue and gold office and more Betty Drew. She's calling different academies. She's claiming to be Doris Bell from the principal's office. And she she's asking about Evelyn Evernever. I'm like, I'm just checking our records. What grade is she in? A junior? Yeah, that's what I thought. And we see her crossing off a list. She's, she has a long list. So she's been busy. Five for five. Row, row. <laughs> so we cut to later. Betty's talking to Miss Weiss. I like that we're continuing to use the same social worker throughout the series. <laughs> the consistency I appreciate. And she tells her like, okay, I have not been able to find anything out about Edgar ever and ever. But I did find out something about Evelyn. She's been repeating her junior year, enrolling in different high schools, pretending to be 17 for over a decade. And Miss Weiss is like, oh, my God. And she's like, from what I found, Edgar works on the parents while Evelyn is sent to high school to recruit teens into the farm. It's a cover for their cult, but I need concrete proof. And Miss Weiss is like, I'm happy to make some inquiries and I'll see what I find out. But it's like, okay, great. Also, again, Betty asking an adult for help. I like this. An adult who so far we've only seen to be upstanding. I still don't trust Miss Weiss. That's fine. But so far we've only seen good things from her. I'm just waiting to find out she's part of the farm. Shut up. That would would be the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, it would. But would you put it past these writers? No, but it would be so stupid. Yeah. So now we get the Jones family crime truck. (laughs) They're, (laughs) They're in the car. They're in their truck. And they all have their serpent jackets on, which is stupid, number one. Uh, it's like, y'all are bad criminals. Well, they're under duress. And they yeah, haven't been, uh, I guess Gladys has been a criminal. But Jug and... FP's been in prison. They're all criminals. FP's the sheriff So, now, like, though. Jug is just like, okay, and can't believe we're doing this. We're now in 30 seconds. Let me do the talking. And, 
like FP's cocking a gun and Gladys like remind you of the old days, hon. And Jug is like, you guys have done this before? You're not having this conversation <laughs> now, boy. It's so great. It's a great parenting family dynamic. It's adorable. I love it. I will say what he's doing, it's not just that he's cocking the gun. Mm-hmm. He's double checking that there's it's, no it's bullets. It's empty. It's empty. Yeah, because yeah. the whole thing is we're not bringing loaded guns into this. No. We're just going to flash them so we can get the money and go. Yeah. So we cut into Pops and Josie is talking with her dad. And so... It's a much better conversation than the last yeah, time. Yes, she wanted to catch up. He says, like, yeah, my next tour is going to be a long one. And she says, well, that's why I wanted to meet up with you. And she talks about wanting to broaden her musical horizons. And she wants to go on tour with her dad. And he is very uncomfortable. And he says, you know, Josie, that's a hard life being on the road. And Josie's just like, please just come and see me perform. I have a set tonight. Like, that's all she wants is for him to see her perform to prove to him that she's got the talent. Yeah. I mean, there's that part of it. The the much better take that they give from him on this is like, you're a kid. And this is a hard life. Do you really, really want to do this? And mm-hmm. he's like, I. And, and part of it is probably, I don't want this for you. I want you to have a more normal, stable life. Or at least be a little more grown up before you go do this. So that gets interrupted with the Joneses coming in. They've got their masks and their serpent jackets and the Pulp Fiction music is playing. And everybody on the ground, blah, blah. Pops pulls out a shotgun, shoots at FP. And Jughead pulls off the mask and is like, Pops, don't. This is is not what you think. Because he's loaded two more shells and he's ready to go. He's ready to go again. FP's yelling at them, go, you got to save Jelly Bean. And then we cut to Josie and her dad on the floor. And she says, now you see why I got to get the hell out of this town? And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) So we uh, go back to the house and Jughead just walks right in and punches the shit out of Kurtz. Right after Kurtz gets out. And then there were two. Oh, God. But yeah, he is knocked clean out. <laughs> it was so good. It was, was very like, good. Thank you, Jughead. Gladys warns the police probably on their way over here, so they, they got to move. I got a place. It's very Tom Cruise with that line. A little bit. A little bit. We head on over to the Hannibal Lecter prison, and transfer papers have been processed. He's going to be moved by the end of the week. And Hal's appreciative, but there's something bothering you. What is it? And she tells him about the twins, and instantly instantly he goes that can't happen juniper and dagwood must be protected he is very oddly concerned about this why does he care so much why why does he care it's a really good question thank you i'm good with the questions it's gonna be my new i want that on a t-shirt now (laughs) i'm good with the questions betty says i agree that's why i'm talking to a social worker and Hal says, there's someone else who might help you, someone uniquely motivated to help you. To which my first thought was, ew, because we go over to the Maple Club. Mm-hmm. Talk to my least favorite person, Penelope. Auntie, I need your help. Blah, 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 blah. Betty pull gets the nice pull. You know what it's like to be adopted into a family that only wants to control you. And that's enough to to pull Penelope into the scheme. Although halfway through when she's explaining this, she's smirking at Betty. She's smirking because I think it's more of the like, my idiot deviant daughter has fallen, you know, has fallen into a cult. <laughs> of course. Which, cause you know, that's what she thinks of Cheryl. She's yeah. useless, horrible person. Yeah. So that's what she thinks of Cheryl. Now Penelope is a horrible person and Cheryl is a horrible person, but for completely different reasons. Yes. So we cut directly to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Penelope is rushing out of the gargoyle chamber with a baby in her arm. And Betty's like, what? Huh? It's da- where's Juniper? Oh, she's staying. We get the boy, but Edgar keeps the girls. Those are the only terms they would accept despite my threats to come after the farm in court. And Betty's like, they're twins. You can't separate them. Uh, 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 and Edgar isn't even their father. Yes, but Polly is their mother. It was her decision. And Betty's trying to fight her. And Penelope's like, Betty... It's a miracle I could negotiate the release of one twin. Jason Jr. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Don't feel bad. This is a win. And she just keeps running off with the baby. But he's like, but, but, what? Hey, Penelope, we don't believe you. You need more people. Like, Okay, well, okay. Okay, first of all, we got one baby out. Okay, good. Great. Good. 
but I don't believe that she couldn't get the other one. I nah, I could believe that. I do, I do believe that. I don't believe that she fought. Yeah. Because, no. I mean, her first thinking is, I'm going to rename this baby Jason Jr. No, she wanted a boy. She she wanted, you know, her 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 son, because her daughter, she just could care less about her daughter. She doesn't want to relive that nightmare, in her opinion. Yeah, it's gross. So we cut over to the El Royale gym, and Archie's, like, cleaning up, and Elio comes in with the two goons that Veronica fired. Mm-hmm. So they're working for him now. And Elliot is there to give him the $50,000 from the match. Because even though Randy died, you did actually win. Archie's like, I don't want your blood money. We know where this is going. blah de blah blah Get out of my gym. Elio says, consider my offer, Reaper. Which is a nice callback to the original name for the Black Hood. He, he wants to term Archie the Riverdale Reaper in mm-hmm. Vegas. So we cut to where else? The Bunker. And Kurtz is still out and Jughead is kind of just talking to himself while Gladys is sitting there. And he's just, you know, he's like, Kurtz is a bastard. And even if we save Jillian, we lose because I just robbed Pops at gunpoint. You, you know, it was unloaded, but still. And he's just like, we, how can I stay in Riverdale after that? And Gladys starts going, we don't, we leave, we go somewhere where nobody knows us. And Jughead just, you don't get it. Riverdale is our home. Dad and I live here. We're happy here. It's you. You destroyed that. Thank you, Jughead. Yes. Because this needed to be said because she abandoned her son. Like we know probably in her head it was, I'm leaving FP. I'm leaving FP. Yeah. But you abandoned your son. And then you rebuked him when he needed you. Yeah. And you replaced him when she was in Toledo. Mm Mm-hmm. And then again, she did not care about him when she was here. Like, she is the problem. And I like that Jughead has, like, fully realized that and has said it out loud to his mom. Well, and at the same time, Gladys starts to get that point, too. Like, she realizes, like, oh, like, I've only thought of coming to Riverdale and what it can do for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about what it would do to the kid I care about, Jellybean, or the other kid who clearly wanted something to do with me, but I fucked that up royally. Because she never cared about FP. We know that. So we go back to the nightclub, and Veronica's talking with Josie and Archie. And so she is. she talked to Randy's sister, and Elio is denying them Randy's insurance money. And Archie just makes this, what the fuck face? Which I agree with, because how is that actually possible? It's not. Okay, good. I just just trying to be sure. <laughs> um, cool, 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 cool. Veronica asked Josie, "Can we can we make your show tonight a benefit?" Josie's like, "Of course, whatever you need." Archie gets up, like, "I'll do my best to get back in time for your set." And he gives her a kiss, and Josie's like, "What are you doing? I gotta settle things with Elio." Again, we know how this is gonna work out. But I love KJ's doing some low key reaction faces this entire scene mm-hmm. that were really cool to watch. At no point you see the gears turning in his head the whole time of. Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not standing for this. Mm-mm. And they're talking about the benefit, and he's just like, "Okay, I know what I got to do. I, got, I know what I need to go do." Hello, do 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 do. Ah, uh, the genius of KJ Apa. No, he's he's great. Uh, he's more resolved mm-hmm. as a as a character, which I love. Oh, he's yeah. still a little dumb because he's 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 young, but again, he's learning, which I like. We'll see. You know, maybe we're gonna pay off all this bullshit before we do some other stupid bullshit. Maybe. Yeah. Jughead, you know, splashes water on Kurt's face. And Kurt's like, what the hell? Sleepy time's over, Kurt. <laughs> All right, what's the ne- just what's the next challenge? It's a doozy. It's a trial with the Cyclops. Jughead like takes the card. He's like, that's not a character class I've ever heard about. And Gladys is just like, I, I might know what he's talking about. And the second she said that, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. Uh-huh. I knew and I loved it. Uh-huh. All right. So we go back to the nightclub and Veronica's coming up to Josie and Josie's looking all sad and like disappointed. Her dad hasn't come to pick up her ticket. Yeah. And Josie's like, I'm not surprised. Veronica's like, are you still up for this? And she says, a show must go on. So then we cut to the Casa Grande gym, Elia's gym. He's coming out and Archie just comes and takes the money and just is like, you made a promise to the Ronson family and this money is theirs. And you know you should be paying them 10 times this. But he has dark G eyes going. No. Mm. 
So he's we, a little twisted. So we go to the serpent den, and tonight it's a battlefield. And Pen- Penny Peabody comes out with a bedazzled eye patch. Hi, Penny. And Jughead's like, I thought you were dead. Is that what mommy told you? No, it was an eye for an eye. Though I'm sure now she wishes that she had finished the job. <laughs> and so Kurtz pulls out, and your weapons will be this, as decreed by the king. The sigh. Yeah, the sigh. This is the stupidest fucking thing in the universe. Yeah, but I'm okay with it. Oh my god. So now we start cutting back and forth. Josie is singing a version of Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. And then we see... And so that's going to go back and forth between that and Penny and Gladys fighting. Who and are apparently psi experts. You ever held these before Jones? And then she like quickly like makes a move once or twice. It's so, <laughs> so fucking dumb. It's so fake and cheap, but I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. They fight, 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 fight. Penny breaks Gladys's arm. Yeah. Jughead like jumps up and Kurt says, you know, this is a two-player game. If you move again, your sister will play the price. So finally I get into a place where Gladys is about to stab Penny through the throat. Yeah, she and, knocks her weapons out. And Jughead just runs up and is like, no, stop. You only need to defeat her to complete the quest. So he is trying to keep her from like a point of no return. Yep. Which is like good on Jug. And like, okay, we did that. And and then Gladys goes and stabs Penny in the thigh. She's like, I guess you'll be limping home. Owie! Yeah, it's just like, all right, let's get you to the hospital. Come on. And Kurtz is just loving all of this. Of course he is. We cut back to Josie one last time as she finishes the song and she gets up to bow. And, you know, she's, you know, she's accepting her applause. And then we hear one person applauding louder and continuing as the rest of it dies down. And it's her dad. it's very very sweet we go over to the Pembroke clearly that's where Betty's staying so we weren't really sure so that's good she opens the door and it's Miss Weiss there I'm like oh what is it what'd you find like well I followed up on your paper trail and you're right Evelyn is much older than she appears 26 to be exact also I found this Evelyn is Edgar Evernover's wife not daughter and y'all I fucking gasped I knew as soon as we knew that she was a lot older. That was like, oh, she's going to be his wife. That's how, that's how it's going to work. I didn't think that. And then it happened. And I was like, oh, fuck. But I also laugh at the 26 because Cole Sprouse is 26. Yeah. So I love it. It's really funny. Most of, most of the actors on the show, Ashley Murray, I think is 25. So it's just, it's kind of a funny call to being older, playing super young. And Zoe de on who plays Evelyn, she's 23. So she's playing both 17 and 26. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I I like that's a little fun. For me, it's just more the indicative of, oh, yeah, having multiple wives in weird cult arrangements. Yeah. Of course. Clearly, yeah. We get a quick cut of Betty making a call, Tony saying, hey, it's urgent. I got to get back into the farm. Then we see Jughead's walking out of the hospital and he gets into the car with Kurtz and... Kurt says, and then there was one. And Chuck is like, I just dropped my mom off at the emergency room for a broken arm and a ruptured kidney. My dad's been shot and my little sister's being held against her will. So you're going to take me to Jelly Bean right now. And Kurt is like, all right, I'm driving. Wear this. So we get a blindfold. <laughs> and we cut back to Josie talking with her dad at the nightclub. And he's just like, you know, you gave a wonderful performance. She says, thanks, but I thought you had bailed on me. And he says, that was was my intention and he goes on he's like you know when you're on the road gig after gig you got to get up on that stage and give it your all no matter what you got to want to play music more than anything else which really explains a lot of his a little no in season one he was just really harsh and his whole thing was that he thought the music that she liked to sing and perform wasn't artful it wasn't worth it that was that was the argument that he gave now it's more of we're saying like, well, it's just really hard to do this is to live this life. And that's OK. I'm fine with the switch. It's been a year or so in their world. So I'm, I'm fine with that. He asked her, you know, do you? And she says 100 percent. He goes, well, in that case, start packing your bags. We got a show in Asheville, North Carolina tomorrow night. And she's very excited. Of course she is. Mm-hmm. So we cut to the Ronson home and Archie gives them the money. That's really this whole scene. 
Good boy, Avenger Archie. I put she is appropriately moved. Yes, she is. <laughs> there's nothing of substance in the scene. There's nope. Just, nope. Okay, we get to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, and Betty's rushing down the halls with Tony, and she's like, you're a lifesaver, and Tony gets an amazing line. Well, you know what they say, it takes a village to mercy kidnap a child. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. So they go to the room where Juniper is, they get her, they start running down the hall, and they hear someone coming, so they rush into a room. It says furnace it room. It says furnace room, and they get down there, and it's the farmies, all dressed in white with candles. And Betty's like, what's happening? According to Edgar, only what was preordained. Boo! And that's what Tony said. And 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 Betty just goes, no, not you two. And Polly comes up to Betty and takes the baby. So now Betty doesn't even have the baby anymore. Nope. And she's like, what's going on? And why? And Tony's like, my whole life I've been searching for family, the serpents, the pretty poisons. I've never felt such belonging as I do at the farm. And Edgar's like stroking her arms behind her. This is creepy. And I wish she was faking it, but I don't think that's the case. I hate this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's such a fuck up for tony's character it It just is it it really is it so is and so betty's like mom he's married to evelyn and she's like you think i didn't know that there are no secrets here at the farm gross and then they're all smiling she's like why are you smiling like like it's about getting you to this crossroads and they're like join us and edgar you know walks forward and is like everyone you know everyone in your life is here in this room join us your mother is here join us your sister is here join your us. best friend kevin is here join your us. principal is here really him yeah you're gonna bring him up yeah like that matters like your cousin cheryl is here be a sister to polly a godmother to juniper and we keep doing this join us thing which makes no sense and is just not appropriate for this moment if they had all just been there smiling and like nodding along that would have been fine but the join us thing is just like no it's just a fucking bit it is and it's bad and so she actually stops for a moment and we see her have a flashback to watching the twins be dropped in the fire and then flying up. And she snaps out of it and takes off running. And Edgar goes, catch her, please. So then we cut to outside. Betty is running and the farmies are going, Betty, Betty, stop, Betty, stop. She gets in the car and they're all like clawing at the car. And Betty looks behind her and we see this very deranged look on Evelyn's face. Like it's a it's a very different look than anybody else. Like she's if they're all drugged, Evelyn is not drugged. Oh no. Like I think they're I think they're all been drugged, but Evelyn is not. Because there's also a lot of really bad implications for Betty getting away with all the information she has at this point. Yeah. This is not good. Oh yeah. And clearly Evelyn can never go back to school. That's over. Uh-huh. She might, but that's over. So Betty drives off. We cut to it's snow time in a junkyard. <laughs> So it's snowing because it's snow time in Riverdale. I was like, welcome to a secret location. It's, it's clearly a junkyard and it's snowing. And we see two, it looks like refrigerators, like industrial sized refrigerators. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah, that's what they appear to be anyways. And so, okay, you got to you gotta make a choice, you know, the lady or the tiger. And it's very simple. You choose one and she goes free. And so Jughead opens one. She's not in there. He opens the other. She's not in there. And he goes, what? And What's Kurt, the twist? Kurt says, climb into the ice tomb and the princess will be freed with yeah. one phone call. Yeah, that's why it's a freezer. He's yeah. got to get in the ice tomb. Of course. And so Jughead's like, fuck no. I want to hear her voice. So they get on the phone, put her on. She's And she's just fine. She's like, I've been playing with my friend Ricky. I know you'd be sad. And Jughead's like, it's fine. It's fine. And okay. All right. And Jughead's like, I did what you want. Now tell her to let, you, let her go. Calm down, Hellcaster. And... Just as he's about to close the door on Jughead, Kurtz goes in the phone. He goes, Acolyte, the Hellcaster's been contained. You may kill the princess. And Jughead starts freaking out. Kurtz shuts the door and he uses a screwdriver to hold it shut. And so then we cut to inside the box. We have Jughead and he pulls out his lighter. He's taking a quick look. You know, he's trying to figure out where am I? And then he starts slamming on the door and we see him jump up against where the camera itself is and every time he, he he's about to slam into the camera lens they cut to outside the door <laughs> which i kind of hate and love at the same time he gets the door open and he runs outside he sees kurtz on the ground who appears to be dead and then all of a sudden we hear growling jug turns around there's the gargoyle king and he runs towards the car to go after jellybean 
So he gets the house and he's like, Jelly Bean, Jelly Bean. And she's there. Okay, where's Ricky? He left after you called. And he's hugging. He's like, that's another turn of the screw. And Jelly Bean's like, what? Nothing, nothing. And he's just hugging her and just like happy she's okay. And it's really sweet because he clearly does truly love his little sister. So what the fuck just happened? Kurtz is dead. Maybe. We don't know for sure. We don't he's see any He's in a pool wo- of blood on the ground. I didn't really see blood. I did. He's dead. He's, okay. Well, whatever. So that makes me think the Gargoyle King killed him. Yes. Who the fuck is, is the, the Gargoyle. Gargoyle King? Well, how did the Gargoyle King kill Kurt so quickly and then get behind the refrigerators again? Or ba- like, And did he kill Kurt while in his Gargoyle suit? That makes no sense. I think it can. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as Jughead is locked in, we now have at least some set period of time where Kurtz could have gotten killed. If Kurtz sees the Gargoyle King, he's an acolyte. He's not going to be suspicious. And the Gargoyle King would easily be able to walk up and then just kill Kurtz. Kurtz wouldn't know what to do about it. I get that. But I feel like Jughead should have taken that moment to like try to demask the Gargoyle King. But he, he goes after his sister, which I understand. So we cut to, you know, it's the next day. Josie is in the music room at school. Bye, Josie. Yeah. And she's singing and she comes to close and Archie's been watching her. And then he starts, you know, clapping. It's very cute. And he's apologizing for not missing her show. And she's like, okay, I'm leaving. And she's telling him what's going on. He's so excited for her. Oh, he's, yeah. He really is. And he's like, oh, yeah, for the summer. She goes, no, now. And she's like, I loved our time together, but we're not endgame. And that's okay. Which is exactly the truth. And Mm -hmm. she just says, you know, your life is here in Riverdale and mine is somewhere out there. And he's clearly disappointed. He's like, well, I was going to ask you to the prom, but... And she just goes, you are too cute for words. It's true. It's very cute. And so then they kiss. And like, it's it's just sweet. It's just sweet. It is wonderful and adorable and a really good send off for Josie. Yeah, I mean, they wasted her character, so I'm, I'm glad that she's getting to move on to Katie Keene. It's also going to be on the CW. So we cut over to the hospital, and Jughead is talking to Gladys, who, you know, she's got her arm in a cast. He's like, you know, dad will be on a couple days, and Attorney McCoy cleared everything with the judge because he was under duress when he committed the robbery. Yep. Legit defense in law. Yeah, absolutely. And he's just like, you know, people are going to find out what happened about what you did, and how are you going to answer for that? Gladys says, first thing tomorrow, me and JB are hitting the road. And Jekka says, no, she can't keep going on the run with you. She deserves better than that. And she should stay here with dad and I. And Gladys, you can see her start crying because she knows he's right. Yeah. And then Jughead kind of gets up close and he says, stay. Stay, Gladys. He calls her Gladys. She's not his mom anymore. That's over. And I, he's really just wants her to stay for Jellybean. It's not about him at all. I really feel like he has divorced himself from his mom at this point. I think he has, but I think he does care for her, too. No, he he only wants good things for her. Yeah. But she's not mom anymore. How can she be? Like, it would would take so long to get back to that trusting place. Like, him calling her Gladys is huge. It is. It's It's a big deal. Gladys just says, you know, it's a wonderful idea to stay here. But it's probably best if I disappear for a while until your dad cools off. And Joe is like, okay, and then what? She's like, well, then maybe we try again. And he's like, all right. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's he's done with this. So I'm 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 cool with this. I'm fine with Gladys being kind of like how Mary has been and just like occasionally pop up. Occasionally, yeah. occasionally you pop up, but we get to keep jelly bean and that's good. We go over to the steam room and Elio is talking. And we pull out and it he's talking to Hiram. Mm. Of course. Randy's dead. Mad Dog left my gym. Casa Grande's reputation has been called into question. And Hiram's like, well, don't worry about your gym. You still have my financial support. What? Well, yeah. How? Well, of course of he's cu- giving no, I him know, money. I know, of course, because it's the Grande family. Yeah. Of course he's in bed with them. And he's just like, you know, I'll handle Archie. And Elliot's like, what about your truce? There are two Archie Andrews. There's one that saved my life at the hospital after I'd been shot. And then there's the other Archie who pointed a gun at my head. He was there to kill me. That's the real Archie Andrews, the one with murder in his heart. And Elio just says, you know, the Riverdale Reaper. He's done with boxing. And Hiram says, yeah, with my daughter in his corner. We'll see about that. He is not wrong about that at all. Cut directly to the gym. And Mad Dog is kind of like shadow boxing. Archie's sweeping. And Mad Dog's like, hey, Archie, come here. And 
Archer's just shaking his head. And Veronica comes out and says, you need to go back or you never will. And Archer says, I don't want to be known as a Riverdale Reaper. And he's kind of being all whiny. And Veronica's just like, no, you're not Riverdale's Reaper. If anything, you're its Red Hope. Which is, which is fucking lame, but also kind of cute because I love Ugh. all the I love the red puns. Leave me alone. And she's like, "Please for me." <laughs> she makes a little pouty, cute face. And Archie's like, "Thanks, Ronnie." And she says, "Anytime, champ." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, we know they're gonna get back together." But oh, I put just make out already. Come no, on, no, because isn't she still with Reggie? No. Oh yeah. He's not even at La Bonne either. Uh, exactly. So well. Because she was not paying him. Yeah. They're not get, he's not, she's not giving him the cut he deserves. Totally fair. So we cut to Gladys is saying goodbye to Jellybean. She's like, I want to come with you. And she's like, nah, I'm just doing work stuff. Okay, nice lie. And she goes over to FP who has his arm in a sling. And she's like, you know, take care of my babies. And she's very teary-eyeing herself. And she turns around and Jughead's at the door. And he doesn't really say anything. And he's got his foot in front of the door. Like, you're, you're not getting out of here without saying goodbye to me too, mom. And, like, you know, they just tug and, you know, she starts walking out the door. They're all wearing flannel. It's very cute. She does get the most emotional with Jughead. True, because she knows she has broken it in a way that she is not going to be able to fix. Like, JB still wants her there. And Jughead wanted her there, too. But he ain't fighting for her. He no. called her Gladys. It's over. But I love that. She gives him this big hug. She looks at him and you totally see the tears in his eyes. Mm -hmm. And for all her warts and all her faults, the one thing you do say about her is after the end of this, because I know she's been thinking about her, but she really does love her family. Oh, yeah. She loves Jughead. Mm -hmm. She, I think she does love FP. It doesn't mean that she wants to be it with is, him. It is not a romantic love with FP. It's that you're the father of my children. And, you know, despite all of our bullshit, like you've done right by our son and mm -hmm. you're, you were trying to do right by me. Like, it's it's just one of the, it's a more of an appreciation love, not a romantic love, and that's fine. She's also proud of Jughead for standing up and being better than she was. So we come to our last scene, and we're at the Pembroke, and Betty is you know come back, and Veronica's like, "I've been trying to call you." She's like, "Why? What's going on?" She's like, uh, "Your dad and the other inmates are being transported, and there was some kind of accident." And Betty's first response is, "Did he escape?" No, but there were no survivors. Riverdale. Also, bullshit. There's no way Hal is not alive. Or. Or it's his evil twin. Well, follow me here. Okay. Okay. Theory on who could be behind the Gargoyle King. Okay. Charles. Well, yeah, we've posited that before. And did Charles orchestrate the death of the inmates being transferred? Maybe. That's why Hal is dead. Maybe. Now, what beef does Charles have with the Jones family? specifically fp that's his daddy mm, good point that's a good point there <sighs> but so there's a twist of the screw here I, in that there's a there's like long shot odds that hermione could be the gargoyle queen ew no there's a lot of people saying that penelope is the gargoyle king she was one of the dungeon masters after all but i don't like any of those i'm i would be more okay with charles I like the idea that the Gargoyle King is Charles and he's the reason that Hal is dead. If Hal is, in fact, dead. I also really like the idea of Hal having an evil twin because that's fun. I'm going to put Charles as my number one suspect okay. right now. I think that's the best one because, like I said, he has yeah. he has a motive for mm -hmm. going after the Joneses. Mm -hmm. And I think if there are no survivors and Hal is really dead... Mm -hmm. then that makes total sense. He killed He killed Hal. No, I, I get that logic. I'm, who probably, I'm cool with that. Who probably fucking tortured him. I'm cool with that. That's okay. And so I think that's an easy, easy way to reveal that he's Charles Smith. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I think we need to pause and go watch the next time on. You're not wrong. It's a real truncated trailer. So it's prom night. Great, <laughs> great bunch of people are going to go after the gargoyle. They're basically, they're going to recreate Ascension Night. The serpents and the kids, Betty. Be Betty is doing target practice with a gun. Edgar Evaner takes off his shirt. There's a creepy Blair Witch bus. 
I with gargoyles all over it? Yeah, with the talisman. I have nothing to hide. Yeah. I'm going to have to think on a lot. I have, there's just too much. There's too much. <laughs> but Mary's back. And, you know, of course, we know this is when we no longer had anything filmed with Fred. So. I really get that feeling that Mary I, is going to be the replacement. I do, too. I mean, if, if Molly Ringwald's up for it and wants to do it, good good for her. She's got to be she's got to be willing to do that. And I think she could be great. I really do. Well, the thing is, if they're actually going to pull that, then she has to be in the season a lot next year. It can't be like every three episodes. Like, no, you have to have a huge presence. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. Yeah. She has to become a series regular. Like, she's got to be appearing as much as Fred did. Yeah. She has to become a full-time parent. <laughs> and the stuff with Edgar clearly has to be that you know, now it's a showdown. He's had to go into full hiding mode because everybody's coming after him. Yeah, like now they've locked down the Sisters of Quiet Mercy because this is gonna be like like Waco at this point. I think we're gonna find out who the Gargoyle King is. Please, Lord, please. And there's gonna be some kind of reckoning and showdown with that. I hope so. Like Betty pulls a gun on someone, so I'm into it. Well, until next time, hashtag Go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. By the way, Mad Dog calls from a payphone. What? What are payphones? <laughs> what? what is this thing? Those exist? Oh, they talk about them in the serial podcast. That's how people know what they are now. Was it by a blockbuster? Ooh. <laughs>